You're listening to the Conversations with Kids Peace podcast. Advice, information, and inspiration from experts at the leading provider of mental and behavioral health services for children, adults, and those who love them. Now, here's your host. Hello, and welcome to our podcast series, Conversations with Kids Peace. I'm Bob Martin. We're recording this episode as August has come and we start to realize summer's end is upon us. And for me, that brings up the memory of the best television commercial I ever saw. You know the one. For the office supply company, with the chortling father gleefully tossing school supplies into his shopping cart in front of his stone-faced children, all to the strains of that holiday classic, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Well, no matter how you feel about it, it is back to school time, and we thought we'd take a look at how families and parents can help their kids get ready for success in school this fall. And spoiler alert, it's not taunting them with school supplies. With us to discuss this are Adrian Pauling, Site Supervisor of the Acute Partial Program on Kids Pieces Broadway Campus in Fountain Hill, PA. Adrian, welcome. Thank you. And Michelle Callahan, who is Site Supervisor at Kids Pieces Office in Tobihanna, PA. Welcome. Thanks, Bob. All right. Let me begin. I think as a parent, I can remember um, being excited about the kids going back to school, realizing the kids may not have been that excited about it. Adrian, let me start with you. What are some common stresses that parents should and could see their kids dealing with from an emotional perspective at this time of year with this transition? So I think you nailed it with the word transition and that that's what it is. Um, you know, as adults, as children, everyone going into a new period of time, a change when you've had three months off, going swimming, going on vacations, and now it's kind of like we have to go into a structured setting. So be mindful of that as a parent that think of the transitions that you might have some difficulty with and be mindful that that's what these kids are going through at this time. Um, You may see a bunch of things. Kids are worried about not knowing their teachers. They're worried about what classroom they're going to be in. They're worried about being able to perform academically, possibly going to a new school, changing grades, all that good stuff. So that could manifest itself in a variety of ways. Kids could be overly emotional. Kids could be whiny. Kids could be defiant. Kids could be disrespectful. And all of that really could come from their anxiety related to this transition back to school and changing their routines. Michelle, what do you think? Is there is there something uh, that w- should be looked for specifically? I mean, I think, you know, with kids, you see a lot of the, the surface level stuff of more like the defiance, anger, refusal, avoidance. Um, but I think like Adrian was saying, a lot of times it's more the, the underlying stuff and it may look more like a... Um, you know, a, a sadness, isolating, crying, and those are some other things to kind of look for, which and I think needs to be normalized to some degree. Right. Just like she said, transitions are hard. Right. Let's talk specifically, and we were talking before uh, before we started recording about specific concerns or issues to take into account with kids who may be, say, going to school for the first time, yeah. the, the little ones. Yeah, those poor little kindergartners. It's hard for them. You know, and some of them have had the luxury of going to preschool and maybe have had like a half a day and kind of understand what that dynamic may be like, but some of them have not. Um, And I think what we see a lot with them is more the separation anxiety. And I think that manifests um, very similarly to kind of of how like Adrian was saying. Um, A lot of crying, they might be using those um, those guilt statements like, you don't love me anymore, you don't want me anymore. And that could be really hard for someone like a parent to hear. Yeah. 
I have to tell a quick story. When my older son uh, started to go to school in first grade, I was having the anxiety. And, and I said to my wife, you know, maybe we should take him. Maybe you shouldn't put him on the bus. And she looked at me like I had three heads and said, he, he's looking forward to that bus ride more than anything else. He's so excited about getting on the bus. There's an element of the parents having to make sure that they're, they're uh, modeling and communicating the right emotional state, right? Yeah, I think you're on the right track there. Um, if you take your child to school and you are walking them into the kindergarten classroom for the first time and you're tearful and you're going back for the extra hug, that says to kids that it's not safe here or something is going on because kids ultimately translate crying as something they're afraid of something or they're being hurt. So when they see their parent crying, they're thinking, well, they're leaving me here. So why are they crying? You know, like what's what's the concern? What, what's I'm, what am I missing here? Yeah, yeah. And, and I get it. It's emotional and kids aren't able to think like, oh, this is a milestone for me. That's why mom's crying, you know? So I would encourage parents to be as encouraging and supportive taking them into that classroom and then by all means go to your car and have that moment where you melt down and you think of every diaper you've changed and you know all those sorts of things and i think there's also an assumption that you know sometimes the kids are going to be the one that struggles the most and it, that's not necessarily yeah. the case some of them are ready to go right you know and right. you know yeah i mean find your other person that can support you hold it together for the kid because they feed off of our emotions Absolutely. Now let's talk, Adrian. let's talk about the other side. We talked about the little kids going to school for the first time, but we'd also have transitions within uh, the, the secondary school, the elementary school. You go from elementary to middle school, go to middle school to high school. Are there specific stresses there that we kind of need to be aware of? Well, I think um, a big one is being, you know, in a new place, and essentially, we talked about this earlier, being low man on the pole. So if you go from, you know, a middle school setting into high school, and then there's three grades above you, whereas last year, you know, you went on the eighth grade field trip, and you went to the eighth grade dance, and, you know, you were the big man on campus, and now you're starting over. And I think it's important for parents to remind their kids of previous successes like hey remember when you went into middle school and you were afraid because you were a sixth grader and the big eighth graders were going to be on the bus and in the classroom and you know what you did you you made it through and you're doing great so i think reminding them of previous successes and just um encouraging them you know what things are going to be a little uncomfortable but that's a part you know that's a part of life and you'll get through it and we'll work through it and we'll figure it out and we have to remember, kids are so resilient. They're so flexible. Yes. You know, they might be in a bad place that first day, and then it's the best thing in the world the second day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. sometimes it, it just takes a little bit of time. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, specifically, because we're going to have some stuff on our blog about tips that parents can look at in terms of making sure that the back-to-school time is, is as... Uh, uh, set for success as possible. Michelle, what are, what are some of those tips that we, we want to relay to those parents? I think the biggest thing is the routine. Um, because when we're in summer, you know, we're, a lot of kids, their bedtimes aren't um, the same. They're up longer hours. 
Um, you know, I think it's good maybe a couple of weeks before they're going back to school to kind of try and get that, trans, you know, the routine back to normal. So going to bed at a normal time, um, making sure that they're getting their eight hours of sleep, eating a balanced diet, like making sure they're ready to go at school, getting their um, their supplies ready. Don't, you know, wait to the last minute to try and, you know, get all those things together. And I think another big thing that we see is these kids on the screen time, as we would call it. I mean, the computers, the video games, the cell phones. I mean, you know, they're not going outside like they used to. So I think, you know, in the summer, they're spending a lot more time on the screen time. And I think that's another thing they really need to cut back before they go back to school, because I think that might be part of that school refu refusal and avoidance that we see sometimes. And Adrian, there is that point, as Michelle just said, about setting the routine, but also making them, and, and you alluded to this, make, it, it is an important thing and they should pay attention to it and they should kind of embrace the change. Right. Um, I think that we should encourage kids to embrace the change, but at the same time, you know, another tip would be to stay sympathetic and empathetic with them that this stuff is tough. I mean, I would not go back to middle school if you paid me, Bob. Um, I just wouldn't. Ain't that the truth. And there's things that they're going to say, oh, I don't have any friends or what if, you know, um, I don't find anybody to sit with at lunch. And to us as adults, sometimes we minimize that and say, oh, come on, there's going to be a seat. You'll just sit somewhere. But to, to really get on their level and think about what it was like to be in their situation and be fearful of not having anyone to sit with at lunch, you right, know? Right, right, and And that, it sounds like that's also something that would maybe uncover some other issues. And, and I'm wondering, like, once, you, once the child has gone into school, like, are there signs that parents should be looking for to make sure to see if the transition and the the school is is you know going well or maybe not very kind of going poorly what are some things they could look for well I think first you know to kind of prepare for that one of our tips that we talked about was staying active in their school life know your kids guidance counselor take advantage of those apps and computer programs and websites that schools have now where you can literally follow your kid around all day you know what grades you know what assignments they've turned in um you know i i talk with parents all the time who had there's a text messaging app that they can text the teacher during the day and say hey how's it going so i think a really big important part of it is to just be active in their school life attend the meetings you know know their passwords and those sorts of things in their life with their electronics because that's ultimately where you're going to find what's going on if something bad is is going on. And, and they will try to do that instead of homework every time when right. they can. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I think just, you know, creating that that safe place for them to come home and like actually just check in on how their day actually went too. you know, not just going off of apps and stuff, sitting down with your kid and saying, hey, how was your day? Tell me the highs. Tell me the lows. I, I used to try to do that. I just said, yeah, I want you to tell me three things that were like really unusual today and like what happened to you and it after a while they they started doing it. it was hard at the beginning but they were really starting to you know basically say here's what I'm going through and here's what's happening and you know what this is this is the kind of stuff that a parent wants to wants to know but I think to your point Adrian you also don't want to say well here's how you fix that here's how you do it. you know you say I understand I get what you're saying you know, maybe you should consider some things that, that you can do that would be helpful in those situations. 
And I think it creates a norm to have now like an open dialogue where maybe you as the parent don't have to keep asking how their day was. You know, you're, hopefully your kid will eventually come home and just start telling you how are things are going because you've created that safe and supportive environment for them to do that at home. Let me, let me ask a question that, that I think came up. Uh, again, I'm doing a lot of this from my own experience as a parent, but I remember a lot of parents being concerned about developmental progress of the child, especially if they're going through one of those transition times into a new school, um, that if it seems like the peer group is advancing maybe faster than your child, um, what, what, what can you say to the parent to say, you know, I, I guess the answer is, you know, keep calm. <laughs> um, right. There could be a variety of things that are going on in that in that type of situation. I mean, first and foremost, we are big proponents of kids being involved. So make sure that their social lives, their academic lives, and their family lives are balanced. So maybe your child just needs to join karate or join a team sport, and that will help them, you know, socialize more and be on the same level as their peers. The other thing is, it could be something like a learning disorder and your child could, you know, I'm sorry, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, organically have something going on that, you know, needs to be assessed. And then that's where you stay active with the guidance counselors and the teachers. You find out, are they distracted in class? Are they, you know, not performing up to a certain standard? And then, you know, you take it to that point. So don't, I would say don't jump to conclusions and don't you know assume the worst and there's lots of resources absolutely in most schools absolutely most school districts can they can help you with that and i was going to say you know the guidance counselor is a good person in a situation because they kind of understand the academic part of it but they also have a background in counseling and kind of understanding like you know to really weed out is this really a learning disorder is it something else um you know because like you had mentioned the resources a lot of parents don't know that they have the right to request you know additional services or, or testing you know from a school psychologist like they have the 504 plans and they have of the um, indivi individualized yeah, educational the, plans. The, the, the uh, IEPs. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, you know, sometimes that's not necessary for kids. And I think it's hard for a parent to gauge. You know, sometimes they may be like, you know, almost, no, 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 my kid doesn't have a problem. It's kind of like a denial. Like, they're, you know, they don't want their kid to be labeled, and which is completely understandable. Uh, and then, you, I mean, you have the other end of that, too. I mean, you know, don't, you know, discount that there may be something else going on and get your, hel your kid the extra help that they may need or at least the testing to figure out if they need that help. It sounds like a lot of it does come down to, you know, you, you have a chance now as you get ready and everybody's sort of focused on it to set some good communication patterns and good communication habits. Would would you say that's probably fundamental to what, what you need to do to make this happen well for them? Absolutely. And if parents aren't communicating, you know, it's not the kids aren't going to be the ones that initiate that. So, you know, the kids aren't going to be the ones following you into the kitchen saying, Mom, let's talk about your day. You know, it's got to be parents have to, you know, initiate it and show a, gen, a general interest. And then, you know, you talked before about signs maybe to pick up on if something is going wrong. You know, if you notice that your kid is coming home from school, going right to their bedroom, doing their homework and going to sleep, increased sleep. That's a big one for depression. 
um, increased anger, if they're having, if they seem more irritable, or if they seem, you know, every little thing bothers them, or they're snapping out at you verbally, those types of things, those are the things you want to look at. And while some of those can just be a part of, again, the transition and the increased, you know, academic demands and the increased stress, it could also be a sign that there's something else going on. Maybe they're being bullied. Maybe, you know, they are having some type of depression or anxiety issues. And then maybe, you know, you do need to get that assessed. Right. Yeah. I think it's important not to assume that it's an academic issue, even though that's how we kind of see that first, right, with the grade slipping. And again, the guidance counselor could be a person to kind of gauge, is this someone who may need to be evaluated even for ongoing therapy services to support them emotionally? And that that brings us to something we want to mention. Uh, In both of your offices, you offer something I think a lot of people don't don't quite realize and don't understand how valuable it could be. These uh, the walk-in assessments. Yep. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, all four of our outpatient sites. We have three in the Lehigh Valley and one in the Poconos. Uh, we offer free walk-ins Monday through Friday, nine to five. Uh, I mean, it's you know, 15, 30 minutes. We do an assessment on the kid and we kind of help understand, you know, do they need ongoing services? But it's not just that. Sometimes they may need a certain level of care. So outpatient may not be the right setting for them. Um, sometimes we make referrals to the partial program. Uh, and, and sometimes if there's safety issues that are severe enough, we may recommend that they be hospitalized. Uh, and those are all things that we can assess and kind of help with that process and refer within Kids Peace because we have different levels of care. And it's just good, you know, for a parent sometimes to just get, a, you know, an extra set of eyes, an extra, you know, set of opinion from someone who's trained. You know, we see walk-ins constantly throughout the school year, but especially when they first go back to school because it is such a hard transition for them. Absolutely. Um, so it's a great resource. and you know, I encourage parents to use it. I, we have good relationships with the school districts and they know to send, you know, kids over to us. So think of that. Yeah. Use the so resource. You, you, you know, again, communication, mm-hmm. empathy, knowing that there's resources and respecting that this is a transition and you need to be supportive, I think is, is really the bottom line here. It sounds like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, t- and, and take the school's lead. I mean, sometimes, something you may see as an issue or you may be concerned about is not really something to worry about. These are kids. They all develop at different rates. You know, they all have different things going on socially, academically, all that stuff. So just, I don't know. Just make, just, just go along with it and, and, and kind of trust your instincts. Right. But also recognize that there are, there is, there are resources available if you really have those concerns. Absolutely. And just that, I I really think that, you know, praising is is huge too because i think sometimes we get stuck with like what we expect our kids to do certain things but it always feels good whether you're a kid or an adult to have someone acknowledge your successes and say you know good job doing that thanks for doing that on just remaining you know positive and you know talking about their strengths and helping them use those strengths to overcome some of the obstacles that they're having in the school setting right right well, uh, first of all, I'll give you both praise. This is fantastic. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Thank you, you. You know that we uh, we end each of our uh, podcasts with asking our guests for a life hack. Now, this can be um, a favorite saying or a quote. It could be uh, a, a tip on how to do something around the house better. Um, it might just be some inspiration you found that helps you get through maybe those difficult days. So, yeah. um, Adrian, I'm going to start with you. What's your life hack today? So my life hack is my favorite quote, and it is that attitude is a choice. And that's how I operate on a daily basis. It's what I encourage my employees to operate on. And I think we live in a time where, you know, we deal with a lot of nonsense and people are angry. And if you think about it, they're 
they're choosing in a sense to have that attitude about their day, their life, their week, their month. So I think that if we become less reactive to other people and understand that the way we react is our choice, the way we behave, the way we feel about, you know, daily trials and tribulations, that it might be a happier world to live in. That's a hard. That's a hard uh, act to follow, yeah, Michelle. It, but you got to do it. What's it your life hack? You know, and I actually downloaded an app on my phone, and it gives me like an inspirational or motivational quote every day. So I actually got this one from there. And I think you know, part of success is all in how you think about things. Um, so the the first one I have two of them is. Failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. And I think about, you know, like when uh, with electricity and, and, and phones, right? Like how many times did those, the, those guys have to fail or feel like they failed until they finally got it? You know, and I think sometimes we get discouraged so easily. And if we just don't give up, sometimes we can really reach that goal or reach that level of success. You know, it's funny. I, I remember this the story. It's probably apocryphal, but there's a story that uh, Thomas Edison was asked sometimes, well, how did you feel when you failed in your first attempts to get the, uh, the filament for the incandescent light bulb? He said, I want to correct you. I didn't fail. I succeeded in finding 99 things that didn't work. Yep, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, he was brilliant enough to stick with it. Yeah, right. You that's know, right. and I think that's an important part of it. You know, whether you're an adult or kid. Right. Um, and I have one more, just because sure. I like this one a lot too. It's um, you don't have a right to the cards you believe you should have been dealt. You have an obligation to play the heck out of the ones you're holding. So I think sometimes we get so caught up in what we want things to be, and we really need to focus on what we have and making the best of what we have. And that's one of those lessons, I think, that the the kids need to know when they get into the school. So it all turns back. Guys, thank you so much. Michelle Callahan is site supervisor at Kids Pieces Offices up in Toby Hanna in the Poconos in PA. And Adrian Pauling, site supervisor of the Acute Partial Program on Kids Pieces Broadway Campus, which is in Fountain Hill, Pennsylvania. Again, thank you so much for coming. I hope you'll come back. There's a, lot of th- there's a lot of things that we'd love to talk to you about. Um, Let me end with a couple notes this time around. If you have any comments or suggestions about our podcast, we would love the feedback. So you can go to kidspeace.org, click on the Contact Us link at the top of the page, and that'll help you share your thoughts with us. If you're getting this podcast anywhere but YouTube, we should tell you that on our YouTube uh, channel, we are now putting up a video version of this discussion. So if you're thirsting to see what I look like, and I really don't know why you'd want to, but we're there. Don't if be you so wanna, hard on yourself. Yeah, oh, thank uh. you. See, you can come back anytime. Um, we are there if you want to see us make the podcast magic happen. So there we go. Finally, if there are any school-age children listening to our podcast, I want to say that I'm sorry if by bringing up this unpleasant subject of summer ending that we've made you sad. But to be honest, I have to tell you, I really do believe this is the most wonderful time of the year, and especially for all of you. So from all of us at Kids Beast, good luck, be safe, and have fun at school this year. The Conversations podcast is produced by Robbie Allred. I'm Bob Martin. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to having you join us again for more Conversations with Kids Peace. Take care. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions about our Conversations podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Go to www.kidspeace.org to learn more about the series and share your thoughts.